Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host, Greg Reese, and today is July 9th, 2023. Hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, we're calling today's podcast Politics and Religion, Get It While It's Hot. And what that means basically is we're going to chat a little bit about, very little actually, about it today. But it will, my intention is it'll be the end, it'll be the last, it'll be the final bit. From here on out, moving forward, I am putting these things behind me, which, which is what I've done for the majority of my life. Um, politics is stupid, <laughs> at least in the current way it's in, meaning that politicians have no power. It's a game. They're actors. They're buffoons that are, um, they're no different than Hollywood actors. They do not control anything. And if they act like they do, then they're obviously lying. The, the system is run by banks um, and their hedge funds, <laughs> and the strings are pulled from behind the scenes. The politicians are there to give the illusion of freedom with this whole voting thing. Uh, most of you, I think, know this. It's disheartening to see the slide backwards because, yeah, we are in a big awakening. I mean, I think that's Undeniable. Does that mean that we all are waking up and that we all know what's going on? No, absolutely not. In fact, um, in, in a way, I think we seemed a lot more awake 10 years ago when everyone kind of realized what I'm saying. 10 years ago, I think, unless I was talking to the brainwashed, if I was talking to like other conspiracy theorists, you know, I, I use that word just because it's descriptive and I don't know of a better word. And I don't like, um, whatever, you know, the language is limited. 10 years ago, if I would have said that, then most people would be like, yeah, of course, two-party system is obviously a psyop and voting is a joke. And, you know, it's all an illusion of freedom to keep the people pacified so that the people pulling the strings can do their business without, you know, any pushback. It's pretty clear. But now... Um, a lot of people don't seem to, a lot of people now are like, Republicans good, Democrats bad, or we can overwhelm the system if we all vote. We just got to vote real hard. Just got to vote real hard this time, folks. So I'm, I'm backing away from there. And I was talking about this last week um, for the subscribers only podcast where I was talking about how I was really getting sucked in to RFK, which is easy because the guy's saying absolutely everything that you would want a politician to say, I guess, <laughs> but, you know, having just said that politicians don't do anything, but that's the point. Yeah. He does. He is saying he's like talking like Ron Paul language, you know? Um, but uh, what's he going to do? How's he going to get elected? And what's he going to do? He, it, 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 there, it, for all we know, he might actually be given the nomination and he might be end up as the president and things will improve. That's a possibility, but 
that's not him doing it and it's not us voting him in that's doing it. It's the powers that be that have decided this is how it's going to, we're going to let, we're going to let this happen. We're going to make this happen, right? They're all actors. Am I cynical? Nah, obviously I guess I am a little cynical. Am I so cynical that I'm not seeing clearly? Possibly. We're going to get into that. I don't claim to be right about anything. This is just, um, and I have, and I try to limit my beliefs because I do believe that belief puts blinders on you and uh, you, you'll miss out on important things if you go through life thinking that you know the answers. Because if you know the answers, then obviously you're not open to to any new information. So we'll get more into that in detail. So am I am I right that the voting system is a psyop and that choosing between two parties of the same system is a joke? I, I don't I, I can't say for sure. For all I know, that's legit. Maybe that's real freedom. I don't know. I don't claim to be right about anything, but that's how I, I do feel strongly about that. I do feel strongly that it's um, a psyop, mainly because I can see it so clearly. I can see it so clearly how it works. It's working again right now. It's been successfully deployed again to get everyone to fight with each other and, 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 and be so distracted about a, an election that is like a, over a year away that's obviously going to be rigged one way or the other, as they've been for our entire lifetimes. It's not like they just started rigging them. They've been rigging them since Greece. So we're letting that go. Thank God. I really only got into it again in 2018 after a a long life, after 48 years of feeling the way I'm talking about right now. I I was, for whatever reason, I've seen the two-party system sigh up since I was a kid. Voted twice, voted when I was 18, knowing it, believing it was a sigh up, but I just wanted to see what it felt like because I was legal to do it. And then I did it again uh, for Trump because I gave Trump the benefit of the doubt for reasons I've talked about several times that I no longer apply. Um. And there are people out there that will hate me for for not su- supporting Trump anymore. And then there are people out there that'll make fun of me for being an idiot for falling for him. I don't care. I fall for things sometimes. I'm not ashamed of that. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on. So I just do my best and I try. And when you open yourself up to something, there is a distinct possibility that you could be getting played the fool. I'm okay with that. I'd rather be played the fool. I'd rather, you know, engage in life and be played the fool occasionally and learn my lessons the hard way than just sit on the sidelines and poke my finger and judge everyone else. Anyway, you can see I'm a little hopped up on the, on the subject. And that's why I'm letting it go. There's nothing in politics and religion other than division. That's all there is in there. Division, fighting, uh, self-righteous indignation and and divisiveness and fighting. That's what you're going to find there. And that's why I've avoided it for most of my life. And that's why I'm about to start avoiding it again. And, and the thought of that is such a feeling of joy, of walking away from that. Does that mean I'm going to be out of a job? 
next year when that's all anyone wants to talk about is politics? Maybe. I'll find something else, I'm sure. There, there, the thing is, is there's, there are millions of people just like me that are on this subject. I would say the majority, I would say we, the people, the majority are pretty much, you know, done with it. <clears throat> Anyways. So what will I be doing if I don't focus on politics and religion? I'll be focusing on real things. And a lot of, a lot of the little things, what I've been doing lately is just focusing on the little things like, you know, what's happening right now. Like the sun is rising, take a seat, watch the sunrise. Um, cleaning, cleaning your house. I've upped my game with cleaning, you know, I know it's taken me a long time. I'm still not perfect, but I'm at the point now where I am now, <laughs> uh, every night kind of going over and cleaning so that today is like normal, normally in the recent, well, recently it was Sunday was like the big cleaning day and today's Sunday and everything's already clean. So it's going to take me about 10 minutes to just sort of run over everything. Maybe more. Pull the vacuum out. Um, next thing you know, I'm going to be dusting corners. You know? Little things. These little things are nice. These little things of, of uh, just becoming more disciplined, becoming a better person, becoming uh, more tidy. Cleanliness is next to godliness. There's no arguing that. Like when you wake up in the morning to a clean house, there's a feeling of... Comfort. It's a good feeling. What else? Enjoying my morning coffee. This is like my only vice I have left in life. And, um, you know, I consider quitting it just to be totally vice-free, but I enjoy it right now. And the little things about it, the thermos. You know, I get my coffee. I, I make coffee at home, but I also like to get up and go get coffee just because it's something to do in the morning. Get outside, see the sunrise. Uh, on a weekend, on the weekdays, I work out at 5 a.m., so I'm coming by 6 a.m. On the way home, I'll get a cup of coffee, check out the sunrise. But I like to put that coffee in a thermos and take my time, keep it hot and take my time. <laughs> That's a little thing. It's a little thing I enjoy. Thermoses. Has anyone ever seen the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin from the 1970s? When I was a kid, that was like one of the first adult comedies I think I ever saw. And I loved it. I've watched it. It was on cable TV when I was a kid, so I've seen it several times. Um, anyways, if you've seen it, then you understand the thermos. I think that's, and in the end of the, when he was, ended up broken homeless, he didn't have many things to him, but he did have his thermos. And I get that. So anyways, what will I be focusing on? Once I let go of politics and religion, there's so many interesting things. I'm going to be doing another flat earth video. I've been reaching out to um, some of my, some of the co content creators out there that focus on flat earth. 
And I understand that someone was wanting me to give a presentation in Las Vegas this October for a Flattoberfest, I think it's called, a Flat Earth Convention in Vegas. If they're still going to offer me that, I'm doing that. That's fun. That's what I'm talking about. That's some fun stuff. Um, do some real, some real actual math and science and uh, confronting flawed scientific models. Those of you who know, know. Those of you rolling your eyes. So... Also, the Giants and the Titans. I'm definitely doing one of my next videos on uh, the the flat Earth video. I'm going to do is going to be for free for everyone on Substack only. But it'll be it'll be probably the first Substack only video that's that's for everyone. Up until now, the, all my Substack only videos have been for the paywall, and I appreciate you guys for supporting me. Um, that said, welcome. I haven't really, uh, I haven't really said hello to all of you yet. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are all hanging in there and, and, um, staying positive, staying healthy, staying happy, staying joyful. I think we were talking about that before recently. <clears throat> I heard recently the the difference between joy and happiness and who knows, I mean, you know, you can define words different ways, but I like this. And they, they were joy was the feeling of knowing that you're, that you're on the right path. You're, you're on that path that God has set forth for you. You're not lost in the weeds. That's a good place to be. Even if it's a struggle, uh, I think, a lot of us understand that that's kind of what life is. It's it's a struggle. There are there are moments of peace, you know, on the journey. Once you have uh, struggled through and successfully gone through a struggle and learned your lessons and done the work, there's definitely a, a, a sense of reward and satisfaction and joy before the next one comes along. The next lesson comes along. That's a good. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. And I've gone both ways. I've, I've um, avoided the struggle, gone the easy way, and uh, I've stopped doing that because I've learned the hard way that when you do that, you you're never going to avoid the struggle. You just put it off and add to it. <laughs> that's misery. That is misery. So, anyways, I hope you guys are enjoy feeling joyful. Feeling, being happy, being healthy. Thank you for your prayers. That is very humbling. Um, last week's podcast, for those who, who weren't there, uh, I asked, it's very humbling. I asked for everyone's prayers because I am uh, have some health issues. Nothing serious. I don't, you know, as far as I know, it's nothing that serious, but... Uh, it's serious enough for me to reach out, take advantage of this platform, which is a blessing. In fact, you know, 
it's humbling, but dear God, please look after everyone listening. Please look after everyone on earth. And, and so that those who are lost, may they find their way. Those that are suffering, may they find peace and joy. May we all face what we are meant to face. May we all uh, handle the burden that you give us with our utmost strength and, and ability and get through it. Please look after each and every one of us. Let thy will be done always. Thank you, God. Amen. Hey, I'm just a regular common guy. Uh, I don't have the answers. But the one thing I do believe in and, and trust and have faith in since I was a child is the all and everything, the one God. I do not claim to understand, which is where the humility comes in. There's no way I could put into words. So it is what it is. Thank you, guys. All right, where was I? I was talking about the Giants and the Titans. I'm definitely doing, um, for my next uh, exclusive video, it's going to be maybe on the Giants or maybe on the Titans. I don't know. I know a bit about the Giants. Um, some of the people in my last video, which we're going to get into a bit, where today we're talking about the Nephilim and... Uh, for my research, the Nephilim are somewhat related to the. Well, actually, I've heard different. I've heard different takes whether they're related to the reptilians or not. Most of what I hear, most of the research I see, is that they're not. They're a different creature. But the the, I do think I think it's fair to say that the giants and the Nephilim are the same, or at least related. They're in the same category. The Titans is kind of new for me. I grew up knowing the Clash of the Titans, I think, is the movie, which is based on, I guess, Greek mythology. I may be wrong. Um, but I'm starting to understand that there is a lot more to it. And I've seen these videos on YouTube years ago. I think Mud Fossil, I can't remember the full name of the channel, Mud Fossil something, where they're showing certain mountains and stone structures that look like people or creatures. And these people are saying that they, they were. They were, in fact, living people and creatures and titans that have turned to stone. And when I first saw that, I rolled my eyes at it, I suppose, turned the channel, thought something um, self-righteous in my head, like, oh, these people are just, they'll believe anything. Probably how I felt about Flat Earth, except Flat Earth was a, a little more triggering. Flat Earth kind of made me angry. You know, I didn't roll my eyes and... I was more like getting angry, but anyways, but now I, I just saw a recent video. I think the guy's name was Stellarium 
And uh, he was on the, I think it's called the Archivist. Uh, here, I'll bring it up because some of you guys might want to see it. I've been watching um, the Archivist channel with Analog, the Archivist with Analog on YouTube. And I saw a recent one with Stellarium. Yeah, Stellarium 7. The two of them. And that was the one where I just saw this a couple nights ago where the light went off in my head and I realized once again that I don't know, I don't know everything. In fact, and this is a good feeling. This is why I try to, and we're gonna, this is kind of the subject of the show today. This is why my religion is to stay in a place of humility and modesty because one of, when I reach this point where I'm like, oh my God, I was wrong about that. There's something to it. And I was self-righteously rolling my eyes thinking there wasn't. That's a good place to be. That feeling of wonderment and um, humility. I like it. I find that to be a, a good feeling. And I got that recently with this. And what I realized was that petrified hearts is a real thing. And especially when you, this guy Stellarium, I mean, he's got several of them. And, and it's kind of, it gets to a point, at least it got to, after seeing them, it, it got to a point where it was undeniable. It's like, all right, that's a petrified heart. And then he even gets into the science as to how the heart is more likely to be preserved in this petrification. I don't know if that's a word or not, uh, than any other part of the body. It also gets into the heart more. Like I didn't realize the heart operates as a toroid. Like the heart, the way the heart flow works, the blood flow in your heart is alternating toroidal energy, which is the same kind of thing that you see in magnets and the deglock. You know, the bell that I've had in my reports before that the Nazis were working on, that was the science they were working on was this alternating spin. And uh, they were doing it because it seemed to kind of alter reality and uh, time and space and all that weird stuff. And that's what the heart's doing. Isn't that interesting? That alone is interesting, just learning about the heart. I didn't know that. So... um yeah, and then you go deeper and then you start wondering like, okay, well, if things, and this is in a, in a nutshell, uh, this is kind of new, new for me, but in a nutshell, a lot of the theory is that through a, 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 an abrupt sudden cataclysm, say a flood, uh, uh, which would include, and the one thing I'm learning about the mud flood thing is that really mud flood and flood is kind of synonymous because the surface of the earth is, is what? It's dirt, right? And so if you have a flood, then that flood is going to be a mud flood. So you could just say flood and realize that that includes a great amount of mud. And so in these cataclysmic floods, flash floods, if, a, if an animal, if a living creature is immediately and suddenly encased in mud, 
where they then die, then if that if they're stuck in that mud for a certain amount of time, then and then say um, it's followed by a sudden amount of massive heat, say from a sun nova or something, then the idea of these things turning to stone is not crazy. It's actually quite scientific. I need to get deeper into it, and I will be. Um, but it's starting to make sense. The light is starting to go off in my head, and it really makes you start to wonder, like, where we live and, and what our history was. And so if anyone knows about the Titans, that is something I'm very interested in. Throw them in the comments. Um, are there Titans written about in Holy Scripture? I bet there. I bet there. I bet there are in the Vedas. I don't know if there are in the Bible. I know there's giants in the Bible. Is there that much of a distinction between the two giants and titans? I mean, because when you start thinking about it, it's just like different size humanoids throughout time, like. We have recent giants that seem, you know, the eight-foot red-haired giants that seem, you know, bigger than us. But then there also seems to be giants like David and Goliath that were bigger than them. <clears throat> and the Titans were even bigger. So is it maybe maybe it's a progression of life on Earth through, through time that, that we are getting smaller and smaller? I even heard someone say somewhere that that the more we reproduce um like there's a limited amount of 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 the substance that makes up these us us and the more we reproduce through time the smaller we become <laughs> i'm laughing cuz it sounds simple minded i guess but I laugh at a lot of things that I stop laughing at eventually. So, like I said, that's fun. It's uh, staying open to things, right? So anyways, uh, I'll be digging into that for videos here. And the Giants is a big one. I'm sure a lot of you are nodding your heads. There's a lot of interesting stuff with that. Titans are... According to what I was getting last night, I was getting into the subject of the Titans. Uh, I guess the I guess the myth, the mythology behind the Titans is that the Titans built this place. You know, they they designed like they were the workers that create that they were the workers that like I heard someone say like the Florida Florida is basically a geopolymer. It's all level. It's all the same surface as if these titans sort of molded it together like a geopolymer structure. Interesting stuff. You know, like I said, just a few weeks ago, I would hear that and roll my eyes and be like, oh, what a dummy. But I don't know. <sighs> it sure beats cocaine in the White House, if you ask me. I mean, okay, man, that was annoying to me because for many reasons. 
Uh, main for the main reason is because there was all these people making a big, huge deal about it. Like it was just this horrible, horrific news story. Um, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not even news. I mean, cocaine has been in the White House since cocaine has been around. Especially if you go into like, if you look into like the, you know, the George Bush senior days with Bill Clinton, governor of Arkansas, bringing in cocaine for the Iran, Iran Contras. You're telling me they weren't, there wasn't a little bit of cocaine going on in the White House during those days with Reagan and Poppy Bush. Come on. And who cares anyways, right? It's like uh, Scarface. People were like showing the Scarface movie with the mountains of cocaine, you know, as if that isn't like one of the most popular movies in American pop culture. As if how many young men in America see that as sort of an, an idyllic part of the American dream as, I mean, that, that sounds crazy. Cocaine is horrible. I'm not saying cocaine's good. The worst time of my life involved cocaine. The, the time in my life where I hit bottom, um, cocaine was the major player. So I'm not saying cocaine's good. I'm just saying it's so steeped in pop culture that nobody cares. But then I heard on the uh, No Agenda podcast those guys are smarter than me, I think. A lot of people are smarter than me, but that's one of the reasons I listen to it. They see things I don't see. And what they saw with the cocaine story was that it was lighthearted and it was a nice new story to have for the entire week for the 4th of July. It was a break from all the, the really dark madness. And you know what? They're right. That is true. It was lighthearted. It was fun. Everyone had an opportunity to crack jokes and there's nothing wrong with that, especially with all the total madness and craziness that we've been subjected to. It's been traumatizing, I think, for everyone. And so it was nice to have a break, I guess. And that is true, because that was really the only news story that people were talking about last week. But... It's not, it's, it's boring to me. So you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find interesting things. And, um, and, uh, there's nothing less interesting than fighting over politics and religion. So today's today, get it while it's hot. This is your last day. All right. I guess we'll get into it. The last bit of admin before we get into the subject is uh i think that's it if you i did a how to make video how i make videos that was a request from subscribers so if you haven't caught that you can check that out uh and uh someone who saw that one of the subscribers immediately said hey I'd like if, if you did a uh, video on how to make music for beginners and how to write. Uh, I'm definitely going to do the how to make music for beginners. I'm probably going to do that in the next week. I think that's a good idea. And it gives me an opportunity to make some music for just for fun, which I haven't done in a while. 
Um, gives me a chance to pull out the old banjo. Speaking of which, I can't say banjo without having a little play. We're naming her Joy. That was Kelzilla's idea. It's the first time I've ever named an instrument based on someone else's suggestion. But I always name my instruments. Always got to name them a girl's name. Show them the love and respect they deserve. I'm not that good at it. I'm very new. Try, I'll try to keep us together here. All right, I got a lot of practice to do, folks. But you got to admit that banjo does, man, it really does sound joyful. You can't get around it. I love that thing. It's nice to have, uh, it's nice to have something to be frustrating when it comes to practice. Uh, I, speaking of the how-to video for making videos, someone said you make it look so easy, and it is easy at this point. I've been doing it since I was, I mean, literally the first film I made, I made when I was eight. I had the help of my parents, but I just made a Super 8 film that I wrote and directed and shot and edited uh, with the help. I Mostly my mother was there to help me through the whole process, uh, and I've been doing it ever since. And... Um, in my, through my 20s and 30s, when I was getting into digital, it was extremely frustrating. It would take me hours of, because I was self-taught, so it would take me days of, of hitting my head against a wall trying to figure out how to do one little thing that would, you know, end up just showing on video for a few seconds. But there's something very rewarding about that type of frustration, you know, that type of hard work and discipline uh, eventually it pays off and eventually you, you become good at it. And then, and that's a good feeling. And actually the struggle is a good feeling. So I have a, this, the banjo, the banjo is actually offering, a, a new struggle and I appreciate it. But anyways, so the how to make music for beginners is just another opportunity for me also to uh, do something with that banjo. And like I said, I'm not that great at it and I have a lot of practice, but that's a perfect opportunity for me to show you how you don't even have to be that good at an instrument to in order to play it. You don't. You just need to be able to keep rhythm. And it could be a simple, and, and you can keep that rhythm extremely simple, simple enough to where you can do it. There's, uh, there's plenty of music out there that's good music that's simple. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like show off, look at how good I am, you know. And so the banjo will, be, will give a perfect opportunity to show that, to demonstrate how you can work within your limitations and still make good music. Or at least make music. And that's a fun thing. So we'll be doing that because you asked for it. If you have any other suggestions for what you'd like to see as far as uh, 
stuff here on the channel, let me know in the comments. And uh, that aside, we're moving forward now. Okay, so uh, what inspired me to do this, this um, politics and religion, get it while it's hot, is because the last video I did, I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to trigger some people, but not for the reasons that it ended up doing. I didn't realize it was going to upset so many people. I'm not trying to upset anyone. Um, and, and actually, once I saw that, I was like, okay, Greg, time to move on. So I'm letting that go. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to touch, uh, well, I mean, I can't say that because I the Giants, anyways. Um. So we'll just get into a little bit today before I move on and let it go. <laughs> like I said, I, uh, I try to stay in a place of humility. I try to avoid righteousness like it's the plague. That's kind of my religion. It's normal. Like I experienced it when I was uh, young and I had a... I've had I've had like what you could call religious experiences starting from a very young age. I was born with a a strong faith in God. I don't think I've ever I can't think of a time in my life where I wasn't I didn't have a personal relationship with God. God has been my anchor, my um pilot or co-pilot or whatever you want to say however you want to say it, since forever, as long as I can remember. If it wasn't for God, I think I'd be dead by now. I grew up in a Catholic church that was full of abuse, that it was all around me, it was evident. And so I never got any, any uh, I was very put off by the church. I stopped going as soon as uh, my parents, I think when I was 12, my parents were like, Greg, you don't have to go to church. And I think they were testing me. I think they were, because when I said, okay, cool, I'm not going, then my mom broke into tears and, and they thought I was going to go to hell. Uh, but they, they gave me the option and I immediately took it. Um, but I, I remember having religious experiences where I started thinking, okay, well, then I got it figured out and I'm right and I know what's going on and that means all these other people are wrong. That's completely normal. That's an, an absolutely normal way of, of our limited human, like, okay, let me say this. I don't identify as a human. Uh, I could even say I don't identify as a man, right? I mean, the fact is that I, I am a man and, and I live in a, and I have a human body. What I mean by I don't identify as that is I, I identify as a soul, as a, as a, a, a and, and that is something I don't even completely understand. But I don't believe that when this, this body is made up of, um, this human body is somehow magically, miraculously, by the, by the grace of God, made up of food stuff and water that was a, you know, 
coded in DNA and, and assembled by an unknown force that I would call God into this body that allows me to uh, be here and experience this life. It's, it's nothing short of miraculous. But that body is not me. Do you know what I mean? It's like a spacecraft that I'm operating. And that includes my mind, my brain, and, you know, my mouth. The thing that's talking right now, for example, is, is this human. I'm... I have somewhat some kind of control over it. Uh, not complete. Sometimes I blurt things out of my mouth that I don't really mean. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that, I'm not trying to take away responsibility. I'm just saying I could spend a whole episode probably on that and I still wouldn't get anywhere because there's a lot I don't understand. But what I'm saying is I don't, I'm not, I am not that. It is, a part of me, it is something that, um, I mean, it's like my, it's my access point into this physical realm is this human body. But anyways, what I was saying is it's the human body, the human mind has its limitations. Um, just like a chicken or a pig or cow, or horse, or a bird, all these things have their limitations, their blind spots. And uh, this human has its limitations and its blind spots. One of them is once having a profound religious experience, a life-changing experience, it's very easy to assume that now you know the answers and you're right. And, and everyone else who doesn't see it that way is wrong. Now, I don't believe that's true. I believe that's a trap that a lot of us get stuck in. That's where self-righteousness comes from. And once you get in that trap, if you get in that trap firmly, then you will never learn anything else for the rest of your life because you already know everything. You've already figured it all out. And, uh, and so you don't really listen to anything else that contradicts what you now believe because you're right. That's a trap a lot of people fall into, in my opinion. I mean, what do I know? I have limitations because I have this human body and this human mind. Uh, but I try to avoid that trap as much as possible. And I've been trying to avoid that trap since a young age. Since I discovered things like the power of prayer, humility, and gratitude. So I do have, I do, I, I try to limit my beliefs because I don't want to get stuck in that trap. But I do have some beliefs. What what are they? I believe I believe that everything that we're experiencing is God. That that there is nothing that exists in this realm or outside of it for that matter that is 
outside of God. Like God is everything. There is a, this idea that some people think that God is a man or God is a person or God is a, that's not me. Jesus Christ is a man. And in my, from my understanding and, and my belief, Jesus Christ was a man to show us as humans how to live, how to um, navigate this adventure. And I find it to be extremely beneficial. That is uh, my role model. That's who I try, aspire to live more like is Jesus Christ. I see Jesus Christ as God's way of saying, here, I'll keep it simple for you because you're kind of a simple-minded creature, you humans. Here, you just do like this guy. Just study how this guy lived and try to be like him. As you know, uh, And I appreciate that because I do have a human simple mind and that's made it very i recognized the beauty and simplicity in that from a very young age so that's my role model god is is not just jesus but god is everything and that's also what we're going to get to get into is some people in the comments from this recent video i did seem to think that there are other gods or seem to think that like, for example, Satan and evil are outside of God. And that I cannot comprehend that. That doesn't make sense to me. If that's true, then God isn't really all powerful and all knowing and everything, is it? You know, I mean, it doesn't, it contradicts itself, at least in my simple mind. So, I mean, that's basically the closest I come to belief is that. I put my faith in God. Does that mean everything's going to work out hunky-dory for me? Absolutely not. What it means is that everything's going to work out exactly as God wills it to be. Everything's going to turn out the way God intended it. There's free will, and that's where the lessons of Jesus Christ come in. It, it, it's, a, it's a way for me to, I have the free will to, to either exercise the discipline it takes to be a better person and that does take discipline, folks, because the human body that I have has desires. The human body I have wants to experience pleasure, and it wants to avoid pain. But if I get stuck on that path, if I get stuck on the path of chasing after pleasure and avoiding pain, then I miss the whole thing. At best... I miss the whole thing. At worst, I get stuck up in, in, in hardcore addictions and, 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 and find more pain and, and get lost, right? So, so I can't listen to the human. I can't, the, the human is like, another way of looking at the human is, is it's, it's sort of like an, an animal, a pet animal that I've been given in this life to look after, a body temple. And if I don't look after it, if I don't keep a, a bit of a leash on it, then it'll go hog wild and it'll drag me along with it, obviously. So my main prayer, I try, that's another thing I try to avoid. I try to avoid asking for anything specific. Recently I did. 
Recently, I did. Recently, I, I, I asked for your prayers for my health, and then I gave prayers of my own for your health. And I think I will continue to do that, but I always end it, I always add to it if it's let thy will be done. That's my main prayer, let thy will be done. And that's more of a prayer of acceptance, a prayer of accepting God's will. Because sometimes I believe, this is another thing I believe, sometimes God's will isn't something that my human body is excited about. Sometimes it involves hard work or struggle or suffering. These are things that my human body doesn't care for. But I would prefer to, I would always prefer to walk on the path that God has set before me, no matter how difficult it is, because that's, that's what I want. I want to, I don't want to shrug off my responsibilities. I want to, I want to get her done. No matter how hard the work is. So that's why I'll always end it with let thy will be done. And I don't know what God's will is. It's part of the fun. If you can let go and let God, if you can put your faith in God and just ride the waves, it's thrilling. And that's why I will fear no evil because there is no such thing as any, I don't believe there's any opposition here to God. The, the evil that exists is, is, is of God. It's, it's there for a purpose. The purpose, and on one level, it makes absolute sense to me. The temptation of evil makes absolute sense to me. It's an opportunity for me to exercise discipline, which makes me stronger. On, on one level, it's that simple. I'm still confronted with temptation all the time. My body wants to feel good. My body wants pleasure. And every time I overcome those temptations and do the right thing that's right for me, that I know in my heart is is best for me, uh, it makes me stronger. And it makes me... How does it make me stronger? It, it, it In one way, it makes me stronger just so that I can do it more in the future. I can avoid the temptation... More, you know. The other, and, and so the other thing I believe is that we're all one. That might sound. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't really get it. Here's how I would describe it. And this is how, kind of how I've described it since I was a kid. If God is everything, which I just said I believe that, like there is nothing outside of God. There is nothing that exists that does not exist because it. You know, it's all God's will. That's the way I see it. What is God? I don't know. It's, it's, it's way beyond my understanding out of this human mind. This human mind is very limited. The human senses are very limited. I have a very limited understanding in this human body as to what's going on. But if God is everything, then that means we're all part of God. Now, a lot of people hear this and they freak out and they say, you're not God, you're not. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm saying we're all part of God. We are all children of God, if you want to put it that way. If God is everything, then we are all cells within the, the, the body of God. You know, once again, these are, these are things that I can't put into words. I'm just trying to do my best. 
And so that's how we're all one because we are all, we are all connected in that. We are all one. And once you understand that we are all one, it really goes hand in hand with the teachings of Jesus, which is to simplify it the most, to uh, respect and love one another as you would yourself. And that also means to love and respect yourself, your, your human body, your human mind, this, this animal that you've been given responsibility over. You have to love it. You have to feed it healthy food. You have to show it. You have to, you have to take care of it. And so, I mean, this is, these are things that I understand from a young age um, through direct experience, through a direct personal relationship that I've had since I was born with God. Prayer, humility, and gratitude. I like the number three. Someone pointed out, um, I've heard it several times that I use a pyramid for my logo and that means I must be an evil person. <laughs> and, uh, I don't take it too seriously cause that's superstition for one thing. And another thing, it's not a pyramid, it's a triangle. Uh, most importantly, it's just graphic art that, uh, makes the logo more, uh, standoutish, I guess. But I'd be lying if I said I don't put meaning into everything. I do. I see my human mind is naturally always calculating and thinking and putting meaning to things. And so I like the triangle because I like the three. I like the I like the um the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is something that's always made sense made sense to me. I can't exactly put it into words. I've read a lot about it. I've heard other people put it into words. And even then I'm like, hmm, I don't really get it. But in my heart, I get it. At least I think I do. I like it. I like the number three. It, uh, I like the Trinity. So yeah, I like to keep it simple too. So for me, it's prayer, humility, and gratitude. These are, these are how I see spirituality, if you want to put it that way. And I'll define those three things. Prayer is turning off my mind, silence. Recently, I've heard the idea that someone suggested that, um, that some of us don't have an inner monologue. I would have never thought that that's a possibility until after, after having gone through COVID, I think that there's some truth to that. In fact, I know people very well in my life who I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, if they don't have an inner monologue. Like they don't have this, I would call it a conscience. Maybe that's different. But thoughts, constant thoughts, constant. Uh, And it's not a bad thing because this is how I sort through, this is how I figured out how to not take the shot is by thinking, right? Thinking about things and contemplating things and looking, excuse me, 
using my mind to look at things from different angles. Um, and so, and there, so it's not a bad thing at all. But prayer is turning that off, at least to me. Prayer is learning to shut that off and, and, and dwell in the silence. And um, once you practice it on a regular basis, formally, what I mean by formally is, you know, taking the time, sitting down, burning incense, lighting candles, all these things kind of help you set the tone for prayer. Once you do that on a regular basis and you get good at it, because it's not easy at first. I mean, anyone who's tried to shut off your thoughts understand it's not that easy. When I first started really trying to do it, it seemed like it was going to be impossible. Uh, Like when I was younger, my prayer was words. My prayer was, well, I would speak them. Please, God, please help me. Please help me. You know, it was, it was more like, it was, it was usually at times of struggle and pain. I would fall to my knees and surrender and just ask God, please help me. Please help me. You know? Uh, And then as I got older, I started practicing learning to shut the mind off. Once you get good at doing that, you can kind of do it throughout the day. You don't have to be as formal. You can do it when you're doing normal tasks around the house. You can learn to shut the mind off and pray. So prayer, then humility. Humility is, is just reminding myself and, 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 and putting myself in that place of understanding that I don't know anything. I really don't. And the things that I think I know, is, it's just that. Is I think I know it. That's really where faith comes in. Like if someone, if an atheist was to ask me, how do I know there's a God? The answer is I don't. The answer is I choose to put my faith in God. And that's very humbling. And I like that humility. I think that's very important. So I try my best to stay in that place of humility like I was talking about earlier with the giants and the titans and the mud fossils, I'm not always humble. When I first started looking at that, I rolled my eyes thinking like I have all the answers and I know everything and so these people are dumb. And then luckily, by the grace of God, I found the humility and I was like, hmm, well, you know, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I'll look into this. And sure enough, as soon as I, op- soon as I flipped the switch to humility... The first thing I saw was, okay, petrified hearts are real. There is very little disputing that. So the, what does that mean? That means that other things can be petrified. Other living organs, other uh, organisms can be petrified and turned to stone. Wow. Now I'm like a little kid again. Eyes wide open, like, wow. And isn't that a good place to be? That brings us to our next one, Gratitude. The, the feeling of gratitude, being grateful for the gifts that we've been given for this life. So um, a lot of you might argue that I'm missing something and I need something more than prayer, humility, and gratitude. And you know, everyone's got their opinion and that's fine. But that's where I'm at, prayer, humility, and gratitude. That, that's what gets me through this adventure. And of course, the 
the daily task of trying to be like my role model, trying to live up to my role model, Jesus Christ, which I don't expect to ever achieve in this life, but it's a, it's, it's my guiding star, right? It's what keeps me on the path. I don't expect I'm ever going to get there. I've never met anyone who's gotten there. I've met people who think they've gotten there. I would never challenge them because that they might go into berserker mode. <laughs> I'm just being a smart ass. I apologize. Anyways, so that's my, not that it's anyone's business, but that's the, that's why we're dropping politics and religion because it's not, it, it, that's why it's divisive because everyone's got an opinion and everyone thinks they're right. And if you get everyone talking about these certain topics where everyone thinks they're right and everyone has an opinion, what's that mean? It's a guarantee that everyone's going to be fighting each other and everyone's going to be divided. Simple stuff. The other thing uh, I noticed in the, that triggered a lot of people is like the stuff I was, hmm, how do I put it? All my job is, is I talk about things in the news and in history. I'm not making the stuff up. That's why I show sources. That's why I show, uh, you, oh, I guess what I am doing in many cases is I put things in, in a certain order that sort of paints a certain image or a picture. I'll, you know, sure, I do that sometimes. I think that's, I can't help it. But I, the reason I show the, the sources is to show that this isn't stuff I'm just making up. This is, these are stories that other people are telling. I'm just showing you them. And the way I see it, that's all these things are, are stories. Like what is fact and what is fiction? <laughs> hey, I don't know. To me, they're all stories. Some, is there truth in these stories? Sure. Is there lies in them? Oh, Yeah. I don't think you're ever going to find the truth in this physical world anywhere, whether it's from a person or from a thing or a book. You're going to find truth. The closest you're going to find truth is, is within, within the quiet place of prayer, humility, and gratitude. By the grace of God, if it is thy will, then you might get a glimpse of the truth. Um, in my experience, because of my human mind that likes to think, oh, you got it figured out now. That's what it is. What I found in my experience is oh, I'll often think I know the truth. And then later on, I'll be like, oh, I was wrong about that. So they're all stories. What, what makes news legitimate? What makes news legitimate is if you're sourcing someone else's story who, who the source is someone who has not been caught lying. That's real news. That's all it is. Fake news is making stuff up or sourcing other people that, admit, that, have, that have been caught over and over making stuff up. That's fake news. What's real news? Real news is sourcing stories from people that have a reputation for not making stuff up. Does that mean it's real? No. You're just repeating stories. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we have our five senses. Does, do, do the things that I sense with my five senses, are those facts? Are those true? No, I don't believe that at all either. 
You know, there's like the story of like um, five different people in a dark room where there's an elephant and they're, they're using their five senses at the time. All they have is touch to figure out what this thing is. And so the guy who's feeling out the trunk thinks it's like a, you know, a snake or something. I think I'm getting it wrong. You know, they all have, they're, they're limited. The point being is you can't even trust your five senses. It's probably the closest thing we have in the physical world to discerning the truth is, is our five senses. But I don't put all my faith and trust in my five senses because I know that they're filtered through my human mind. And so they're skewed. So that's uh, all my faith is in God. I, I, you know, I, I pay attention to the information I get through stories and through my five senses. And I, but in the end, if you're looking for truth, I think you always have to go to God. You take this information, you do your best to discern it. And then through prayer and humility and gratitude, you then go to God with it and go from there. But I also don't think um, like it's all that important to know everything right now. You know, it's a process. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's really about learning how to surrender and open yourself up and ride the waves without fear. Another thing I noticed a lot that people were talking about is the demons. Uh, you know, they were saying that, like, for example, I was definitely suggesting in this recent video that w humans are genetically related to the reptilians. I'm not saying I believe that. What I'm saying is that when you look at the stories the news of the entire past, uh, that does seem to be the story. It seems to be the story in every, in every instance. I mean, am I wrong? The serpent in the, in the garden of Eden. I mean, I guess everyone's, everyone can interpret things differently, but when you put it all together, uh, it seems to be, a possibility, right? And so let's just say, and like, oh, you know, it's just a story. But let's just say for the sake of argument that that is true, that we have in our genetic DNA this sort of um, reptilian gene. Does, is that a bad thing? Does that mean we're evil? Does that mean we're bad? Does that mean we're demons? And if so, how? If everything is, if everything is of God, I mean, these reptilians were God's creatures, Everything, everything is God's creatures. The serpent, serpent's actually a very gentle creature. I don't know why it's used as a symbol of evil and stuff because I had a pet snake before. They're actually very gentle creatures. They will not kill unless they need to feed. Uh, it's kind of a dark story, but the one snake I had was eaten by a rat that I left in the cage because I didn't realize that the rat, that the snake would let the rat eat it alive. It did. Uh, snakes are gentle. But anyways, I digress. Every living creature is God's creature. And so how does it matter? How does that make 
us evil. Uh, I don't. I don't. That's over my head. I don't get it. Demons. Demons are whatever you want to, however you want def- to def- define them. They are. Um, they're not good, right? Like meaning, like you don't want. Um, you don't want to be possessed by demons. You don't want to play with demonic things. You don't want to, you don't want to, you, and if you end up in some type of demonic situation, you want to get better, right? What am I saying? I'm saying it's a sign of sickness. It's not a healthy thing, but are they outside of God? No. How is that possible? Maybe, I mean, once again, what, what do I know? I'm going to stay human. Hum, maybe there are, maybe God does have like opposing forces. Maybe there are many gods and some are evil and, and there's a good one. That's not, once again, that's way over my head. I don't, cannot comprehend that. I already explained earlier on the way I see things, there's one God. Everything is God. There is nothing that exists outside of God. That does not make sense to me. And so there's a purpose for everything, including evil, including demons, And that's why I will fear no evil. And that is why I pray for the strength to fear no evil. So that I don't get, uh, the fear is really what gets you into the demons. If you, um, if you want to end up being possessed, then start fearing evil as if it's some type of power that you have no strength over. Or, or more, more than that, start seeing evil as something that has that can actually challenge the will of God. Uh, then, then, then you'll become demonically possessed, probably. You know, I don't know. I just know that my faith involves not just one God, but everything is God. So I don't understand that either. When people were saying like, as if I was suggesting that we're evil or that we're bad people or something. No, I mean, like once again, we're not our bodies. These bodies aren't us. These bodies are creatures that we have incarnated. In my opinion. Now, So I didn't mean to offend. I just don't understand where I guess I guess I guess we all have different beliefs, I suppose, right? Which is why I'm backing away from politics and religion cuz I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight any of you. I want to unify. In fact, the the only the only way out of the mess we're in, the only real victory that I see in this so-called awakening is is unity is understanding that we are all together. We are all one. We are all in the same family. All of us. That includes all sides of the political spectrum. That includes all religions. We're all one. We're all together. And if we can't see that, if we can't live and let live, then good luck. Then we all lose. In my limited view, that's what I see. This is another thing I'm seeing. I'm seeing 
everyone is all eager now to like purge the earth of all evil. Um, I get it. Maybe that's what we're doing. I don't know. When I was a kid, I wrote about this in my book. One of my earliest memories, and I used to think it made me a crazy person, and I never talked about it until I wrote about it in my book, and then I've talked about it since. But one of my earliest memories was I remember praying to God and asking God to help me purge the earth of evil. Help. I saw at a young age, I saw the angel of death as a a weapon of God, a weapon that God would deploy to purge the earth of evil. And I remember asking God to help me be a part of that passionately, like almost like emotionally, like almost at the verge of tears. I wasn't much of a crier. I always saw crying as a weakness. I think that, I think that's a weakness. I think I'd be a, I think I'd be a, a more a holistic human if I allowed the tears to come freely. Uh, but that's a whole other story. So, but I would be on like the verge of tears praying that. And because of traumatic, and that might have been because of a tra- you know, the trauma that I experienced when I was young, when I was five. Because of that trauma, I definitely got involved in the work I'm doing to try to help bring people together and unify. And but now that we're getting there, I am starting to get nervous, <laughs> like. Like what do, do, what do we expect to accomplish? Like, for example, I don't, I don't think it's our job to judge others. The earth, the place that we live is, the physical realm is a meat grinder. This place is not a utopia. This place is not a paradise. You know, like everything, like I said in my recent video, like uh, the way this place works is you have to kill to live. Like there, you don't, if you stop eating, you're going to die. Your human is going to die. Now, there are people out there who claim to live off of air and sunlight. And I'm not saying that's not possible. For all I know, it is. But I don't think my human, I don't think I'm spiritually evolved enough to where I can do that or my human can do that. So if I stop feeding this human, then this human's going to die. The only way I can feed this human is through life. I eat beef but i i i know for a fact that i could survive off of vegetables but those vegetables are still living things and i think it's short-sighted to think that like broccoli doesn't have life consciousness they've done scientific tests that show that that plants uh, not only feel pain, but they actually remember the person who hurt them. That's pretty interesting. That kind of shows, that seems to show consciousness, doesn't it? I mean, that's how our human, like we're talking about our human body. Our human body is averse to pain and likes pleasure. It seems like plants are also averse to pain to the point where they remember who hurt them and they flinch when they see that person, when that person comes near them. in a measurable way. So I don't think it's our job to, to turn this 
earth into some type of paradise. That's God's place, right? And how exactly are we going to do that? It seems to me like we would have to instill total fascism, total authoritarianism to accomplish that goal. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, I want to help protect the children. That might be the main reason why I got into this business is because when I was a child, I experienced trauma, abuse that shaped my life. And, and you, could, you could argue that maybe there's a bit of vengeance there. I want to I make sure, I, I would like to see to it that other children don't experience that. I mean, who knows? And then you can even argue that was I, I mean, I believe that was God's will. I believe that the, what I experienced was part of my path. It was what God intended for me. Hundred, I'm trying to avoid saying 100%. Uh, I think the uh, No Agenda podcast got me onto that goal. But I'm going to say it anyways. But that is, um, I mean, I 100% feel that that was God's will for me. Does that mean it's God's will for other kids? I'm not going to say that. I mean, I'm going to see, uh, this afternoon, I'm going to see The Sound of Freedom, Mel Gibson's new movie. Uh, I don't really like crowds. I haven't been to the movie theater in years, but I'm excited to go mainly because um, I want to be a, in a crowd of people who care about this now. People are starting to care about this now. This is a sign that people, I think, are waking up. So I want to support the film and I want to be a part you know, be present in that crowd. And, um, and I'm sure I'll enjoy the movie too. I think it's probably going to be kind of emotional and heavy, you know, which isn't something, it's something I tend to try to avoid, but, <laughs> but anyways, my point being is, yeah, I want to see, and I want to, I would, I definitely want to see justice brought to this child trafficking industry that our government supports and that all the governments of the world and that the bankers and all this stuff is profiting off of for billions for God knows what reason, right? That's a whole other subject. You can kind of get into these reptilians who seem to still exist, the pure reptilians that seem to still exist in the underworld that uh, actually feed off of us. There might be a lot of truth to that. Whatever it is, yeah, I want to see just, I want to see at least us to stop supporting it, which is really what we're doing when we support the system is we're supporting that. So yeah, I want to see that happen. I'm not 100%. But my point being is how far are we going to go? Because it almost seems like people are starting to get it in their hearts that they want to completely do a complete purge. And how are you going to do that? Like, you're going to have to put cameras in everyone's home to monitor families, to make sure that families aren't abusing their kids. Or you're going to have to take the kids away from the parents as soon as they're born and put them in like a government home and monitor and make sure they're not abused there. Good luck with that. 
Or maybe best yet, you just start making babies in incubators. You know, that way you can be sure that parents won't abuse them. Because most of this, that's where most of the stuff starts from. Is in the home. So how far do people want to go with this self-righteous crusade to turn the world into a, a utopia? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I just, maybe because I have this inner monologue, I often tend to overthink things. I'll, I, I, I'll never deny that. That's probably what it is. Because like I said, I'm up for a purge. I'm just saying there's no way we're going to purge everything. There's no way we're going to get rid of evil. That's, unless it's God's will. And then why would, why would it be God's will? Is that, I mean, is it not part of God? Is the nature of evil not a part of God's will serving its purpose for us to learn and grow? Seems like it is. I mean, like, and, and it's all up to God. If, if God wants to change the nature of this place into something completely different, then, then it'll be done. Are we here to police other people? Or are we here to police ourselves? I can speak for myself. I'm not here to police anyone else. I'm here to look after, I'm here to, uh, mainly because I'm not perfect. I am not righteous. I, do, I am not right about everything. I do not have all the answers. I do not, um, I've not reached a level of perfection where I'm like, okay, cool. I've now achieved uh, the goal of, of being like Jesus. So now I am Jesus. And so now I can just go around telling other people how to live. That's, not only is that not me, um, I don't foresee ever achieving that, and, and I don't think I'd want to. I don't know how I could operate uh, in a humble place. With I mean, that doesn't that's way over my head. Now, if you're a parent, then you obviously have to police your children. That's your responsibility, so that they can. Um, uh, not so that they're better equipped to survive in this world, right? And to a certain extent, yes, we police others, uh, the ones close to us, right? To a certain extent. The point being is um, we have, I've never met a single person who didn't have work that they could do on themselves. I, that was the point of my last video was to point that out. I knew that would trigger some people because there are some people, believe it or not, who think that they're all good. They don't have to work on themselves anymore. They've already accomplished that goal. They're like masters and they can now walk among us and help the rest of us. Those are the scariest people to me. I pray to God that I don't cross paths with those people. I have crossed paths with those people several times and they're the scariest people I've ever met. Uh, and now when I do cross their paths, I try to back away as, as peacefully and quietly as possible without alerting them. Uh, there are a lot of people that believe these people exist. You know, 
enlightened beings that have achieved self-mastery. I've met people like I've met people uh, when I was in, um, you know, certain monasteries and ashrams in, in the past. I have met individuals that other that other people believed were masters. I didn't see it. I saw flawed human beings that uh, anyone who's following them is making a grave mistake. Why would you follow another human being? I don't get that. So I'll speak for myself. I'm not here to police other people. I'm here to learn and grow because my human being is flawed and because my human being still still craves pleasure and still is aver- is a, is, has aversions towards pain and stuff and suffering. And I still have a lot to learn. And yeah, you got you to protect your children and your loved ones because it, this is a dangerous place. And we all need help. We all need a little help. We all need a little love. We could all use a little protection and love and compassion. I'm not saying that. We do have to look out for each other. But freedom comes with its own problems. At the, at my, when it comes to politics and religions and the whole group thing, which is really what politics is, politics is, okay, how are we going to live together? My thing is freedom, individual freedom, period. Freedom of, and that includes freedom of religion. Like that's another thing I'm starting to see. There's a lot of people that are talking about, I mean, I consider myself a Christian, obviously. Uh, the way I define being a Christian is that Jesus Christ is my role model. That's how I define it. It's real simple. It suits my simple mind, my simple human mind. Does that mean I want to impose that on everyone else? No. Does that mean I want a government that imposes that on people? Hell no. Freedom, individual freedom, freedom of religion. As long as a person isn't hurting any other, as long as a person isn't trampling over someone else, they should be allowed to do whatever they want to do, period. That includes hurt themselves. If a person wants to hurt themselves, they should be allowed to. I don't, I, I don't like seeing that, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason for suffering. We're here to learn and grow. But as long as you're not hurting other people, you should be free to do whatever you want. That's how I feel. And that, that's another thing. Like there's a lot of people that think that they want to impose their religion on the, on the entire world. Once again, how are you going to do that? You're going to put everyone in re-education camps? Are you going to kill people that don't go along with it? Are you going to rip children away from their families and, and, and teach them the right way? No, this is up for God to do. We, we live our lives. We, we show compassion and love for others. We don't tread on anyone else. And we let God's will be done. Am I wrong? I could be. I'm not claiming to be right. It's a messy place we live in. And I guess the final note I have here that I noticed in the comments from the last video is people were offended that I was saying that we're mentally ill. People were offended when I said at the end of the video that if you're not focused on work, if you're not working on yourself, then you're contributing another mental ill person to this chaos. A lot of people thought that I was being very rude and mean by 
suggesting that some of us could be mentally ill. I, I'm men, I have mental illness. What, let me define mental illness. Anything outside of self-mastery and perfection is mental illness, in my opinion. That's how I define it. Confirmation bias is a form of mental illness. If you have reached a level of righteousness where you think everything that you believe is the right way and therefore everything else is the wrong way, to me, that is a form of mental illness. And you can see it in your actions. When you act like you're better than everyone else. And most, and the thing is, is people that are suffering that form of mental illness, they don't see it. They simply think, well, I'm right and they're wrong and, I'm, and this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to let everyone know the right way. So that's how I define it. I define it as anything, anything outside of perfection. Maybe that's the wrong way to define it. I'm okay with that. Once again, what do I know? I'm, I'm a... I'm a, I, I have a simple human body and a simple human mind. Uh, 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 the one thing I can say is my simple human body is more fit and healthier than it's ever been. And my human mind is better than it has been in the past. So I am on a upward growth trajectory, which is enough for me to be gra- grateful and give thanks to God and be happy about. And every day I get to watch the sunrise is another day, another opportunity I have to further that progression. It's a beautiful thing, life. It's an opportunity to grow and to learn. And I love it. And I thank God for it. And I thank God for the opportunity to hang out with you guys and yammer on. And I am very grateful for your support. I'm very grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for every, everything here on this earth. We are all one, whether we like each other or not. I can even say that I love all of you, even though I do my best to stay away. <laughs> the reason I do my best to stay away is because I, I guess you could say I... Um, Part of it is I think I'm a bit I'm empathetic enough to the point where I can I can I have a very low tolerance for crowds of people and people are nuts, including myself. That doesn't mean I don't love us all. There's beauty. The thing is, is if I was stuck in a jail cell with any one of you, I would eventually come to love you deeply because I would find all the, the best qualities of you and I would forgive everything about you that annoys me and drives me crazy. So on that note, uh, uh, I hope, I honestly don't want to upset anyone. That's not why I make videos. The last video I made, I definitely made for the sole purpose of, of the ending, of trying to suggest that maybe we're not perfect and maybe we should, instead of trying to tell everyone else how to live and force everyone else to be like us, maybe we should look in the mirror and and continue to work on ourselves. That's all I was trying to do in the last video. I completely took advantage of the reptilian viral video as clickbait because I knew that, that people would click on the video and watch it. 
and uh, and I completely did it for selfish reasons to try to give my opinion, which is, hey, maybe we should continue to look at ourselves in the mirror. Maybe we should continue to to try to grow and be better people. And in, in you know, for some of us, that means to try to live more like Jesus Christ. which in my opinion is the best example there is as how to be as a how to live as a human being that's what i was trying to do i was not trying to challenge anyone's belief in scripture uh once again i'm not i'm just telling stories i'm not even telling stories i'm telling other people's stories i'm like look these people were telling these stories and these people were telling me so that's all i was doing uh, so, yeah, I look forward to uh, putting the whole divisive politics and religion subject behind me. I'm going to leave that to all the experts on the subject and to all the uh, dividers and conquerors who love these subjects. I'm going to put that behind me. I'm going to focus on trying to unify and learn and be a better person. So enough of my rambling. Have a wonderful, happy Sunday. Have a great week. I'll close with a prayer. And, 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 and it's very humbling. I, yet last week was the first time I, I added prayer to my podcast. I think I'm going to start doing it on a regular basis. I think it is a good thing. It's very humbling because who am I to pray? But I think, I think, we, I think we can all pray for each other. So dear God, please... Help us all, please help us all come closer to living in the way that you have intended for us to live. Let us all come closer to your will, to loving each other better, to, uh, to understanding the path that you have laid out before us, or to at least finding that path and walking that path finding that joy of being on that path and selfishly god i ask that you help us all to to be health, safe and protected and healthy and to experience the joy of your grace god bless us all Amen. Hope you guys have a great week, and I will see you next Sunday, or I will uh, be uh, here on the podcast next Sunday. See you guys later.